Here's what's coming up on today's show. I don't know that long-term care insurance, whatever type it is, is right for everybody. What I do know is that having a long-term care plan is. You don't necessarily need to go out and buy insurance, but you need to have a plan for dealing with health care in your retirement years. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John Amarino, and I am joined by my host on the East Coast, the esteemed Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how you doing, buddy? I'm well, John. How you doing? Good, good, good. It's uh, getting towards the holiday season, so got all the, the decorations up in the house. Nice, nice. And uh, hopefully everybody's RMD letters went out. So coming towards the end of the year, your RMD's got to get done. And if you started an NUA, like we spoke about earlier in the summer, that's got to get done by the end of the year, folks. Yeah, yeah. So matter of fact, we're doing uh, all our RMD ledges. We're finishing that up this week. And uh, also Roth conversions tis the season. So, you know, now as we're getting into the holidays, a lot of family time, and a lot of gifts of giving. And these last couple of months, we've talked about healthcare in retirement. And we've talked about Medicare, the skilled nursing facilities, the hospice. And now we're going to go on to the final segment. And that is how you're going to address the long-term care event. And and Tommy, I know you and I have had this discussion in the past. When I ask people, do you have a long-term care plan? The first thing that comes to their mind is, oh, you're trying to pitch an insurance policy, right? Yeah. It's one of the first things people think about because it's, uh, again, you know, a lot of that bad information that's out there, uh, that's that that's what they get talked to about. You know, we, we've done... Uh, our one of our programs back earlier a few weeks ago with Don Graves and talking about reverse mortgages, which is uh, an incredibly efficient way to do it as well, right? Um, and then and so today I'm looking forward to this uh, this chat with Steve because uh, people need to know that there's a better way, I guess, right? Yeah, and and you know, folks, listen, the onus is really on you to have a plan. We and we talk about it all the time. Uh, yeah, I just got done teaching a couple retirement workshops, and the first thing that they tell taught me in my advanced designation is probably one of the mo- most powerful comments to me is retirement is not uh, no longer about probabilities and ex- expectations. Retirement is about defined outcomes and consequences. You can't be playing the guessing game. Yes, we have to project and we have to make some educated decisions, but I cannot think of any better issue that has the the consequence of not planning it. And planning just means having a strategy. If you want to do assets, if you don't want to have a long-term care insurance or you don't want to use a reverse mortgage, you can't bury your head in the sand and never think this is going to happen to you because it's seven out of 10 people, folks. So you have to have a plan. If you're going to do assets, that's fine. But you better be parking away close to a half a million dollars Easy. In, a, in an investment account 
that has to be wisely invested and you're not going to touch it. You literally have to psychologically cordon that money off. And you really can't take any risk with that because think about what's happened over the course of the last 12, 18 months, right? The markets are down 20, 30%. What if this were the time that you were going to go into that nursing home and start paying for it? Yeah. And then you need, and then, I mean, that's, it, that'll be sequence of returns risk to the nth degree, right? Taking right. Out, absolutely. Taking out $100,000 when the market's down 30%. So what today we're going to talk about, you have the option, the reverse mortgage, the, the, you know, spending from your assets, right? Medicare is not paying for this. So, Medicaid. Or yeah, and and Medicaid or Medi-Cal is only going to help you when you're completely broke. And and as we talked about with Amanda, if you want the four walls, the one window, and four roommates, there's Medicaid and Medi-Cal. And your goal shouldn't be to be dirt poor broke either, right? I mean, you've worked 30, 40, 50, 60 years to uh, and you've saved and sacrificed and you've done without for all those years to put money in your pocket, to put money in your bank account. Uh, maybe to leave a legacy to your kids. So your goal shouldn't be to have nothing so the government can c take care of you. Your goal should to be have a plan so that you can create a financial legacy and something for uh, your beneficiaries to have to take care of you and to remember you by. And that's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and even think about it. I mean, Tommy, you're, you're really, I, when, when I I'm hear fired you fired up, baby. You're correct, but what about your spouse? You're leaving them broke. I yeah, I left that out. Yeah, yeah. So, so today is the final segment of this series, and it's really to talk about. Well, we know we can self-insure. We we have these other options, but what if we want to take that risk off, and we want to have an insurance company either take all the risk or part of the risk? So today. We have uh, one of the industry's top experts uh, to discuss long-term care uh, insurance and benefits. And, and we're going to be talking with Steve Kane. He is a sales and business development leader with LTCI Partners. Um, he's got 20 years of experience. He's uh, been in the Wall Street Journal Financial Planning USA Today. He's a chair of several uh, long-term care insurance groups. He's members of NAFA, FinSECA, the Society of Actuaries, which that's got to be a that's got to be an intriguing group to be with. Boy, oh yeah, fascinating. I bet you, I bet you those parties are exciting. <laughs> yeah, and he's also a former member of the Chartered Long-Term Care Board of Advisors. So. Without further ado, uh, we are excited to introduce to you Mr. Steve Kane. And today's guest, the sales and business development leader with LTCI Partners, Steve Kane. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, again, Steve Kane here, uh, self described long term care nerd. And I, I lead the sales and business development efforts at LTCI Partners, and we're one of the largest in the industry uh, brokerage general agencies. And we work with uh, advisors like John and Tom to help determine if their clients need long-term care. And, and if they do need the insurance, then 
you know, we help them uh, with some of the brokerage work and do the due diligence and, um, you know, recommend the optimal solution for these uh, these products. Yeah. And, you know, Steve, I've used you guys on several cases. You guys have not only helped me design quality long term care plans with that insurance segment, but you guys have also analyzed some existing policies and, and really helped me with uh, some creative things like doing a, a, a 1035 exchange sure, out of a, sure. a non-qualified fixed index annuity. So you guys have, and you guys do a ton. I mean, you know, from the advisory standpoint, you guys are probably one of the most sought off speaking experts in terms of webinars, all the top, you know, uh, mastermind groups really. Know. You guys, you know what, John, you, you guys do it all. Like I, I try to keep it simple. I got one job, right? That's to stay on top of the long-term care marketplace. And that's what we do. And I think we're aligned, you know, as, as you and Tom and I were talking, we're aligned in the way we look at this business. I don't know that long-term care insurance, whatever type it is, is right for everybody. What I do know is that having a long-term care plan is. You don't necessarily right. need to go out and buy insurance, but you need to have a plan for dealing with healthcare in your retirement years. Yeah. yeah. See, folks, so you hear that from a, an independent voice. It's not just ours, right? This, it's all about the plan. Yeah. yeah. And you guys are you guys are a major player. I mean, four hundred million dollars of enforce premium, two hundred thousand policyholders <laughs> with over fifty billion dollars in benefits available to policyholders. So four hundred million in premium, fifty billion in benefits. Yeah, we're we're um, we're having a great time. And, and um, you know, over the years, long-term care has been an afterthought, uh, you know, so much so that my wife used to smack me around and saying, hey, Steve, why are you focused on long-term care? Just disability insurance, life insurance, annuities, why don't you move in that direction? And I said, hey, it, it's coming, you know, yep. hang in there with me, it's coming. And, and I finally feel like we're there. And, and why do I say that? You know, we've got this huge demographic shift where folks like me, let's use me as the example, I'm 48, I'm dealing with my 82-year-old mom. Yeah, with a long-term right. care event right now. And I know you guys mentioned that you had a discussion about reverse mortgages. I'm looking at that for mom right now. Um, my brothers and I are talking about how do we finance her care? She doesn't have insurance. And this is front of mind for me. And it's front of mind for a lot of people out there. It's not just me. So um, our business has been the benefactor of just a demographic shift, a heightened consciousness about this planning. And frankly, the pain that's involved with a lack of planning and it makes folks like me in my age range want to start that planning. You know, there's a, we used to talk about the statistic about how many people are turning 65 right, right. every day, right? And uh, now for the next 12 years, because I'm the last year of baby boomers, 1964. So between now and for the next 12 years, you're going to see 10,000 people a day turn age 70, roughly, you know, statistically speaking. So we're, we're at that time now, uh, like you were just saying, Steve, yep. th th this is the time. This is where guys like you, companies like yours um, are stepping up and really doing a, an incredible service for the general public. Thanks. You know, the thing I really like about your company too, is that you're just not, uh, you don't work with one company and, or one product, right? You guys have, because as we'll get into, this whole uh, arena has evolved over time. So I, I can remember in the 1990s, there was just one type of long-term care policy and that was it. And now it's 
evolved into hybrids and using life insurance, permanent life insurance and the more traditional types of plants as well. So we'll get into that, but that's what I'd like you guys, you guys figure out the right plan and then you find the right company with the right plan for the client. That's it. And and you've got to be, you know, objective in terms of the type of solution, you know, and w- whether it's a reverse mortgage or an insurance solution or self-insuring. And then as it relates to the insurance, you've got to be neutral as far as like, what's the right solution. And you guys do a great job in terms of fact finding with your client base to determine, all right, based on what you share with me, this one's a better fit than that one. And we help uh, along the way as well. Perfect. Perfect. You want to start there, John? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, jump into, uh, the types of long-term care there, Steve. So why don't you talk to us about what are the different types of long-term care that when advisors approach you guys, you um, you talk about? Yeah, well, well, Tom brought it up like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 80% of what was sold in the industry, not just with my firm, was a traditional long-term care insurance solution, pure insurance, no cash value, no return of premium, the ability for the rates to go up over time, which in many cases they did. And we had a hundred different companies doing that. And um, for a number of reasons, but many of them were similar. All of these insurance companies that were were in that business felt incredible pain. And, and what do I mean? I mean, they underpriced those products. They made incorrect actuarial assumptions or, or how they priced those products. They made some key mistakes and every company felt it. And one after one after one, these companies kind of tapped out and said, I don't want to do this anymore. That's not to say that right. they're not paying claims and 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 hanging around with those enforced blocks of business, but they suspended new sales. And now we've got about 10 of those companies total uh, in that traditional marketplace. So what happened over the years? We saw an inc- incredible growth in the combination life and long-term care world. So now we've got more options than we've ever had before. Um, if you look at today, in terms of the distribution of sales, about 80% of all products that are sold are combining life insurance and long-term care together. And 20%, so it's kind of flipped, are the traditional long-term care solutions. There's still a good answer for, for many people, um, but it's still a, a small part of the market compared to the combo. When I look at these solutions and you guys give me a call and say, hey, Steve, I've got a client that's interested in this type of planning. What do you think? Um, we're looking at traditional long-term care. We're looking at combination life and long-term care. You're looking at annuities with long-term care as well. And and with all of those, you're talking about numerous companies that play in those, in those product lines. Um, so you really have to understand the nuances between each product to, to determine what's the right fit. People always ask me, guys, hey, Steve, what's the best product? And, and I'm not trying to be evasive, but I say, it depends. Right. You know, what are we trying to accomplish? Do you the need life insurance? Yeah, it, well, that too. That's the best product is the one that pays the claim on time. Um, but beyond that, it's what are we trying to accomplish? You know, do you need life insurance first? Was this strictly trying to solve a long-term care problem first? Are you okay with the the possibility that the premiums are going to go up each year? Do you want something fixed or guaranteed? There's a number of questions that we come back with to help determine the right solution. Yeah, and you know, I I think uh, kind of using a, a doctor's analogy, you know, there is no easy question. Just like you said, it's a very individualized and and really as long-term care has evolved, there's not even just one solution. I mean, you can if you looked at at long-term care as like a cancer, right? A lot of people that go to oncologists, you know, they they're not just getting 
the surgery and they're cutting the cancer out they, they might begin surgery radiation or, or chemo or or oral uh pills you know i i've seen some scenarios where people have the opportunity to use uh, a long-term care doubler on their annuity and then they just supplement that with um perhaps a asset based or a life mm-hmm. insurance type of an uh long-term yep. care yeah, I mean, uh, look, there, there's a lot of solutions out there. Um, you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be on advisory boards of different carriers, and we're seeing product uh, innovation. And uh, I'm not at liberty to share which companies, but I've signed NDAs. There's going to be two or three new companies that are coming out into the combination life and long-term care flip uh, space in 2023. So we're encouraged, number one, that it's finally on the radar screen. Like consumers are finally thinking about long-term care. And number two, we're going to have a, a more broad set of solutions to to support them. Yeah, I, I think we're finding um, people are paying more attention because they're getting smacked in the face with it, to be honest yeah. with you, right? And the people that are talking to me about it or asking me about it are the people who've already experienced that pain. So yeah. now, now it's something that's real to them as opposed to something very esoteric that they heard about from their friend's friend or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. Tom, so, Tom I, I think like, I've always thought that this, this is an event triggered issue. Yep. Right. That, that event could be my 82 year old mom that I mentioned. It could be your kids that uh, have graduated college or got their first job and they're off the payroll. It could be a birthday. It could be a, your own health event, but there's something that triggers a decision point when it comes to long-term care. Yeah, totally. Totally. I've been around long enough to remember these older policies, like you were saying, Steve, where there's no guarantee and in, in premiums that they priced them wrong, that they were very rich in in benefits for a really low price. And now all of a sudden people are either seeing their benefits decreased or the premiums increased or a combination yeah. of those. So uh, I know with, uh, I'm sure with John, it, my uh, experience lately has been really in the in the permanent life insurance world. And with uh, the utilization of annuities along and and also the reverse mortgage. So um, maybe could, uh, give us a little bit uh, of an idea about how those products are just a little bit different than the more traditional plans that people have seen sure. or gotten in the past. Sure. Let me start with traditional for a second. If you own, if you're listening to this and, and you own a private individual traditional long-term care insurance policy... Uh, just know that the industry is paying $12 billion a year in claims. That piece of it is working. Also, spirit of full disclosure, you're likely going to be faced with, if you haven't already, a rate increase. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, most people uh, hang on to these policies, even if they're faced with rate increases. Um, and what they do is they either gulp and pay the entire increase and maintain the benefits that they they purchased originally, or what all of these carriers are giving clients the opportunity to do is dial down the benefits a little bit because maybe they overinsured or maybe they bought a really robust benefit. And you just dial down the benefits a little bit to, to make sure it's meaningful. Um, and that might be able to mitigate the entire increase or a big portion of the increase. So just want to give a tip there. As it relates to the other solutions that are available, I don't know about you guys, but I like guarantees, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, you know, if, if I don't need long-term care for, you know, or I'm not don't think I'm going to need it for 20, 30 years. 
I'd like to know what my premium is going to be today and what it's going to be 15 years from now or 20 years from now. And that's the the beauty of these asset-based long-term care plans, these combination life and long-term care plans, that it is a guaranteed premium. And, and also we've got guaranteed benefit. And that seems to, to resonate with a lot of clients out there. Now, of course, going to be a little bit more expensive than the traditional plan because there's return of premium involved. There's premium guarantees, um, you know, but a lot of clients, you know, frankly, clients have spoken. We're seeing 80% of the insurance industry's uh, production going that way. So whether it's with an annuity uh, that has a long-term care benefit or a permanent life insurance that has a long-term care benefit, we seem to see those being uh, what what's most purchased today. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think um, going back to the, the 80%, the, the shift, you know, my 20% of clients, and I, I have... I have had some clients that preferred the traditional, and those were clients that had parents in long-term care uh, facilities. But I think the 80% really goes back to uh, the people who have never experienced in in their family a long-term care event or the people whose parents paid into long-term care all these years and they never got the use of it. So they, they really like yeah. The availability of that, you you if you don't use it, okay, now there's a tax-free death benefit attached to it and that guaranteed premium, that level premium, there's no surprises. And, and from an advisory standpoint, it's much easier to build in as part of their spending plan. It's, it's just hard. Like think about it psychologically. Um, we're not wired to think about risk 30 years from now. <laughs> you know, and, and right. so it's really hard for us to think about paying in a premium for 30 some odd years that might or might I might or might not use number one or a policy that I might or might not use and, and number two for the premiums to to likely go up over time so you know I, I just like the certainty with those combination plans sure and you can design them any way you want right you can you can create a a, um, a single premium you can create one that's paid over <laughs> five or ten years it's all we've talked about um, life insurance uh, on a couple occasions here and it's all about how you design it so it's about having your plan in place and understanding what you can and can't do or what you want to or don't want to do right and then designing the right plan and that's that's why we turn to guys like Steve to help us be able to do that in the most efficient manner for our clients. And guys, yeah. one thing that I'm asked all the time is, is like, how do you design a plan? And um, just want to share with you, you don't have to be the long-term care nerd like I am to understand how this stuff works. I really think there's, you know, four key components, three or four key components to all of these plans. Whether I'm talking about traditional long-term care, asset-based, permanent life with a rider, um, it really comes down to number one key component. What do I get when I need this stuff? What's my monthly benefit for long-term care support and services? Whether I'm at home, assisted living, skilled nursing, what is the insurance company going to pay me each month as I need this care? Second key component is how long is this stuff going to last? You know, what's the pool of dollars that I have available to me that I can dip into for these types of services? Uh, the third key component is what do my benefits grow in value to over time? Um, you know, we're living in high inflation right now, but the inflation on the cost of long-term care services is continuing to go up for a long time. It, it, it kind of had steady mm-hmm. inflation on it. Now we're seeing bigger spikes and I foresee it's a supply and demand issue where there's a shortage of caregivers today 
and we're going to see these agencies and facilities charge whatever they want uh, because of that supply and demand imbalance. So third key component is inflation protection. How do I make sure the policy benefits are growing in value over time so that when I need this, when I'm 84, this policy is actually going to be worth something? And then the fourth key component is, do I want my money back? You know, do I want that life insurance component with it? Um, or how do I want to pay for it? I kind of wrap that into the the fourth key component. But really, if you understand these three things, you understand long-term care. How much do I get when I need this stuff? How long is it going to last? And how do my benefits increase in value over time? If you yeah. understand that, you get long-term care. Perfect. Yeah, that those are definitely a key. So if it's okay with you, Steve and Tommy, I, I actually, I love how you just broke that down, Steve. And I would like to just spend a couple minutes talking about how some of the conversations you have with advisors, because obviously you you mentioned benefits, how long they last, right? There's there's inflation riders, and I I want to really kind of give some clarity to the audience, like, hey, what's overkill? You know, what are what are the the benefits that you're kind of seeing the trend to? And you know, do you do you need lifetime benefits or? Yeah. Or maybe choose the sixty-month option. So yeah. let, let's start off with the benefits. Like, what are the trends do you see, and where do you where do you think you know if someone wants a lifetime benefit, what may be a, a circumstance? Like, you know, is that for more people that are scared for Alzheimer's or something like that? Yeah, I, I would say like who typically buys a long-term care benefit that's lifetime? Somebody that has a history of Alzheimer's in the family, number one. Somebody that went through or personally experienced a long event event with a loved one, those are the people. But but conversely, if we look at the data, like actually how how much care people need, I think over the years we overinsured people. I'm pointing the finger at myself and and advisors out there. You know, we were trying to to totally transfer the risk with insurance and we did. But when we look at data today, we're seeing that women need care long-term care support and services for about 3.7 years. And men need care for about 2.2 years. So I'm going back to advisors and clients today and saying, hey, do we necessarily need to transfer all of the risks or do we hedge? And and given the environment that we're in today with high inflation and you know gas prices out here in California, a looming recession, um, hedging might be the answer, guys. I'm not necessarily saying you need to totally transfer the risk these days. So if I look to my own business, and and you mentioned earlier, we do a lot of transactions with a lot of advisors over the years. We're finding that you know people aren't seeking perfection, right? My old mentor used to tell me, "Don't let perfect be the enemy of good." Right. Um, you know, in my scenario right now with my mom, I, I mentioned we're looking at a reverse mortgage because mom doesn't have insurance. My brothers and I are are out of pocket funding this care event. Um, and, and so we're looking at it saying, man, if, if I had helped her plan earlier and maybe we didn't have $4,500 a month of benefit that it costs right now, but what if we had a benefit that cost 3000 that paid out 3000 a month, I would have been thrilled. That means right. I would only have to you know, come up with that 1500 a month divided by three. You know, right. So uh, I just, I'm a big fan of hedging. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of as you were saying that I'm, jotting down my own planning notes. Okay. Hey, you know, the, here's the plan. We're going to do this. And, and if we go beyond, if, if you're that statistical anomaly that goes four or five years, well then, you know, we're going to either go towards assets or the reverse mortgage option. Again, we're, we're hedging, like you said. Or, or, you know, again, 
we go back to the Medicaid planning too, right? So you have your five-year window of opportunity to give stuff away. So people can do the old half loaf theory and uh, get some assets out during that period of time for their kids. And I'm not saying Medicaid is the answer. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, look, even by going half measures, um, you have an opportunity to be able to not have the government take everything away from you. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, obviously the duration. I think that's a, a big, big area where people, as you say, get overinsured. What about the inflation rider, especially now, you know, double digit inflation everywhere? Yeah, you'll you'll see some of these policies where, you know, people were five, six percent, you know, five yeah. percent inflation. Where where do you think is a, a suitable uh, over the trends compounding uh I think 3% is the new normal. I think the majority of the industry sales right now are to 3% inflation. That's not to say we don't have carriers that have 2 or 1% inflation components. If you're going to go lower than 3%, what I would suggest is start with a high, higher monthly or daily benefit amount. Kind of over-insure yourself on that end so that the 1% takes longer to catch up in terms of the growth. But if you were to ask me today, hey, what do you recommend with most clients? It's probably that 3% compound. And then when we're dealing with older clients, sometimes we do no inflation protection whatsoever. So let's say it's a 72-year-old client that, that's concerned about long-term care. It's not too late at that point. Let's say this client was healthy enough to get coverage. Maybe we say no inflation, but we gross up the monthly benefit so that they have more monthly benefit taking into account that their policy is not growing. Right. So there's some creative ways to do this. So the... the um old traditional way of making those payments too is for mostly skilled care. Um, nowadays, uh, if I, if I understand it correctly, nowadays with the life insurance and the annuities, it's more of a, of a um, cost redemption, right? So there, so yeah. uh, like you and your brothers could technically, I guess, get paid for helping your mom out. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there are plans out there that pay the policy benefits in an indemnity or cash benefit payment. That means once mom is claim eligible, they just cut a check and that check could come to the trust or to the brothers and and we divide it up and, and do as we see fit. But I love that flexibility with some of those plans that are out there and that's called an indemnity or cash benefit payment. And so you've got that flexibility. And, and you mentioned the care setting, I think it's really important for people to understand that this is not just about skilled nursing care. About 70% of all claims stop and start at home. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking yeah. about long-term care planning, this is about home health care. Mm -hmm. uh, this is right. about assisted living, those high-end, you know, uh, one or two bedroom bathroom apartments where you, you have a button on the side of the wall that you go press when you need assistance. And then worst case scenario, maybe towards the end of your life, then you have the skilled nursing care component as well. Yeah. Right. That well, was one of the great evolutions of these types of policies too. I, because, yeah. you know, we'll go back, if we go back to the cost for a second, you, here in Jersey, it's ten to $12,000 a month for a nursing home. And that's not where anybody wants to be. That's not what anybody wants their end of life legacy to be. So uh, when they started bringing on the, the home health care part of it and then the indemnity part of these programs uh, for me these these policies have just uh evolved into um something that you know honestly if you can get it nobody should be without it at this stage yeah and you you mentioned 
the you know the qualifications for it. Steve, would you just what triggers the insurance company stepping in and paying out the benefits? Yeah, well, I'll start with overwhelmingly. Like, first of all, we all have a knee jerk reaction when we hear the word claims. Maybe maybe it's our our you know we we think about medical claims where we're arguing with doctors about in your insurance company about what's covered and what's not. Overwhelmingly. The insurance companies are paying out claims. Why? Because it's black and white. This is uh, standard industry language on all of the policies, whether I'm talking about a uh, traditional long-term care policy or the asset-based. If I'm unable to perform two out of six of my activities of daily living for a period of 90 days or more, or the other way to qualify is if I have a severe cognitive impairment, something like Alzheimer's or dementia, then I would receive long-term care benefit. So again, if I'm unable to perform my regular everyday activities, bathing, dressing, eating, toileting, transferring, continence, two out of six of those, or if I have a severe cognitive impairment, something like Alzheimer's or dementia, then I would qualify for benefits. And overwhelmingly, when somebody files a claim, they're getting benefits. Yeah. And so as these benefits are going, obviously, a big part of long-term care planning is to take the stress off the family. It's it's something that Tommy and I have talked about often about healthcare directives and a trust, right? Take that decision making, take the stress off the family and give them options. And and one of my favorite things that I'm I'm seeing as you guys have discussed the evolution of these is the joint policies where a husband and wife, you know, have a policy together. And if the one spouse doesn't end up using it, then the benefits transfer over to, uh, you know, the living spouse. Right. We, we love those. Um, right now, there's one company doing that um, and we expect more to follow suit. Uh, but we're big fans of those. So, Steve, for our listeners, what we, we've kind of talked about those four benefits, but what are some red flags that they have to, to worry about? Right. I mean, listen. Every industry has unscrupulous yeah. salespeople or, or, or you know, companies. <clears throat> what really do they have to understand that their insurance company, whether it's a, a financial rating or whether they're being sold a, a premium for a, a high commission product? Yeah. We all have to be informed consumers, right? And, and it starts with the advisor that I'm working with, you know, to, to ensure that this person has my best interest you know, first and foremost at heart. Um, And then beyond that, as you look to these insurance solutions, I want to make sure that it's a company that's been in this business, you know, that's committed to this line of business because potentially they're not going to pay out a claim for 20, 30 years, you know? So I I need to make sure that they're pricing it the right way. So what do I look to? I look to their financial ratings. I look to how they underwrite these policies. Um, I look to the... um, the, the benefit triggers, like I mentioned, some of the contracts out there require a permanent disability in order for you to qualify for benefits. That's important. So I, I'm always looking at, hey, is this two out of six activities of daily living or a cognitive impairment? Or does this one have a permanent disability clause in it? You know, that that's important to understand. Um, and then uh, going back to the agent for a second, am I, did the agent talk to me or did the advisor talk to me about my strategy as it as it relates to this? You know, it's not a one size fits all. 
with the different types of products, but also the plan design. Did we talk about transferring the risk or did we talk about hedging? Did we talk about lifetime benefits or did we talk about, you know, doing something that, that more closely aligns to the statistics of the three point something years or the two years, like, like I just mentioned. So I think those are some of the things that, that I would look for as I'm go- going through the due diligence process. And, and ultimately I, I just think you got two ways to do this. Ultimately, I know you guys talked about reverse mortgages. That's I'm I'm lopping in this in there. When it comes to planning for long-term care, you either buy insurance or you self-insure. Right. You know, I, I'm considering the reverse mortgage angle as self-insuring, or you buy insurance. It's it's that simple. And if I'm looking to buy insurance, then it comes down to, all right, let's look at my budget. What do I want to protect? How do I want to pay for this? You know, uh, the fact finding that you guys are doing with respect to what what are we trying to solve, a life insurance problem, a long-term care problem, how do we want to pay for it? That then dictates what solutions we look to. And then as a consumer, I just want to make sure that, hey, I've, you've looked at a few solutions for me and this is the best one. Yeah. Or a combination me. of, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And again, yeah. it's like Tommy and I have always said, it's, it's you know, even as your advisor, our job is is in the word. It's to advise you. It's not to make your decisions for you, whether that's you know tax planning or whatnot. You're the one that has to pay the long term care in, insurance premium. You're the one that has that's going to be you know potentially in the nursing home or or your spouse. So you're the one that if you chose to self insure are, are going to have to be okay with withdrawing you know be at five to ten thousand dollars a month to pay for this so um yeah i think that's a great point and you know the other thing that i an interesting uh segment i heard during one of my uh, tax masterminds was just because you get one of these hybrid policies even in itself don't think of it as the end-all be-all so the discussion i was having was the conference leader was saying hey you know long-term care riders and life insurance are becoming increasingly popular because of every all those benefits you said right if you don't use it you know you you still have some type of benefit the level premiums but he said but think about it this way just because you have that rider doesn't mean you actually have to use it and and the scenario he gave was someone that is in real bad shape and may not actually even survive the long term care the skilled nursing and my wife being in skilled nursing listen they have you know, unfortunately, a lot of, of, you know, casualties that, you know, never leave the assisted living facilities and go home, right? They end up dying. So the scenario is, and this is the point I'm trying to make is that this, even once you have it planned, it's not stagnant that you, everything involves because you may have that long-term care waiver and that's a tax-free benefit. Maybe the better option would be to, talk to your advisor and say, hey, listen, my spouse isn't going to make it or dad's not going to make it. Why don't we spend down some of our assets and the taxable assets that we'll get a medical expense deduction for on the taxes and save the waiver for the tax-free death benefit? And you know, it kind of just goes back into always having a plan for the future. And um, you know, Steve, I, I really appreciate the phenomenal advice and and information you've you've given us. Oh, happy to happy to help guys. And and I I just tell people that again, you don't necessarily need to buy long-term care insurance, but you got to have a plan for long-term care. 
and and November is Long Term Care Awareness Month. Right. We're going to be getting together with our families. I don't know about you guys, but invariably we start talking about what medical issues or ailments family members have as we see them, and it just gets people talking about thinking about planning for long term care. Yeah, yeah, this can't be a closet issue anymore, right? I mean, this is something that has to be out there. We all have to be concerned about it because uh, you know it's our moms, our dads, our spouses, our brothers and sisters, our grandparents. You know, it's people that we care and love about. So uh, this is stuff that just can't be hidden away anymore because it's that that catastrophic that we have to deal with it before it happens. Yeah, and Tommy, I mean, add on these are our clients, the people right. you know that trust us that we love. We want you know what's best for them. So, folks, uh, if if you have any questions about long term care and and really how to put it into your into your plan, give Tommy or I a call. Um, and you know, we really thank Steve for all your education, uh, your expertise, and and really, Steve, honestly, what you do for us advisors because I know you're a former minor league ball player, <laughs> the pitcher. Can't just, you know, catch every fly ball, ground ball. You need other people with skilled positions to come in and be able to add tremendous value. So I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And, uh, you know, Tommy, another great show. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Um, All right. Take care. Hope your family has a great Thanksgiving. Likewise. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, Steve. So, folks, that's going to wrap up our, our retirement healthcare series, but that also wraps up another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. We're getting into the holidays. We're going to have just a few more uh, episodes in between the holidays before we wrap it up. And, uh, you know, in the future, Tommy and I are going to talk about some new and exciting things that we have going on for 2023. Can but you believe it's already been a, almost a year since we started this together? Yeah. <laughs> This yeah, year has I gone mean, by like crazy. It is. It's. It has gone by. Life's gone by. I mean, I can't even believe that, you know, 30 days from now, Jake's going to be 10. So that's the thing. And I think, Tommy, when it comes to long-term care, people often, that's, you know, and, and and even in my own practice in the past, it's, it's kind of been one of those uh, satellite types of planning, right? We've always taken care of the big core three income, taxes, and investments. And then you kind of find yourself just, you know, asking your clients each year, hey, we need to plan for this. We need to plan for this. And, right. and I don't know about you. I'm I'm being more aggressive about it. I, I talk about it all the time now. And you know, it, especially with people uh that are coming to me new, I'm always asking, okay, do you have long-term care? Uh, is this an issue for you? Do you have a will? Do you have life insurance? How did all these things work? So for me, it's part of the the uh, initiation process that I go through when people uh, want want me to work for them. Yeah, yeah. So, folks, that wraps it up um, from me on the West Coast and me on the East Coast. We wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We hope with all the chaos of the past couple of years that you get to really sit down. Enjoy time with your loved ones. Have some good food. Put on 10 pounds <laughs> and uh, not and wear a mask. Fly. All right, folks. So happy <laughs> Thanksgiving from the Retire Happy Podcast. Until next time, relax, have peace of mind and retire happy. Take care. 
It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973-394-0623. That's 973-394-0623. And online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subjects covered.